0: buddy today I had the great opportunity to talk to my friend Danny Powers today we chatted about her time in basic training horses and barrel racing and also her entrepreneurial endeavors so please welcome Danny Powers check 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 all right. We'll just see how long this goes. But if we have to do another podcast, we'll just do another one another day. Yeah. Um, if it shuts off on this one, then I'm going to tell you that we'll do it another time because then I don't want to go over all the topics or whatever yeah. we're going to talk about. And then
1: just like start it. We'll start a new topic. No, I feel like. Or feel do like go ahead. I feel like we start um like our work parties when we can never get a work party done and we're like, we're going to get so much work and like oh. help, <laughs>
0: help each other. And then just get completely And then tracked. we're like
1: solving world peace. I remember <laughs> one time you showed me with the candle how the, the flame can yeah. still catch flame through the smoke. And I was like, we got nothing productive done. But that I learned something new. Learned like something yeah. new
0: though. So tell me about um your training in Arizona. Like, like, what are some things that... um. I do that a lot. I say, um, or like, I need to stop that. But anyways, tell me some things that you learned at training that the average person wouldn't know, but also like I camp. So what can I take from your training through you that might help me if I were ever in a situation like, where I needed to survive,
1: where you needed to survive. I like what Marcus Latrell says, just like draw a line in the sand and then get to that line and then yeah. draw another line and get to that line. Cause it's just like. Um a lot of you've, even the movies or the books you read of like people how they've survived is like keep it simple and focus on everything you have around you. Like you are given everything you need to survive. So it's kinda like don't panic about like oh, I don't have these things, I don't have um these resources. This isn't life without survival skills, this is like business life too. Like
0: yeah.
1: um you have everything you need to get to the next step. So, like, be resourceful, be observant, uh, pay attention to, like, um, I guess this will go back to, like, trying to survive. But, like, pay attention to when the animals are restless and fidgeting and, like, track where they're going. You know, like, uh, so if you just stop and listen and not try to solve everything, like, you'll be shown of what mm. you have like you have all the resources you need mm-hmm. so I think that's also helped me in life um, that's a big thing I help or I tell people when I'm talking to them about like brand consulting and like finding their target customers like what are you already involved in what resources do you already have or you're surrounded by you may not be like an expert in that field but what are you surrounded by and have like a ton of resources yeah or access to um, that's, and just play off of that. And then like, you don't have to know the whole staircase, just get to the next step. Like, and then it kind of just like all unfolds. Yep. Um, the biggest, the, one of the things with like training is, so we've hiked before, right? Like I consider myself a pretty outdoorsy person, mm-hmm. but we're in control of our schedule of like, we know when we're ending, we know how long we have to go. Uh, we can take breaks whenever we chose. So it was easier to manage my emotions and like my thoughts um but in the military, on purpose, they don't tell you how far you're going. Um, so because it's like a big mental game. So I didn't know if I was walking a couple miles or 25 miles. yeah, and I have all this gear on and it's hot. And mentally, I'm a person who needs to know the end I don't care if it's 25 miles, but I, c- I need to mentally know that so I can like prepare myself. And I went through so many emotions of like, this is great, I'm pumped, We're ready to, This sucks. I hate it. Like, I'm just like a whole roller coaster over and over again. So it really taught me to, like, your body will do whatever you demand of it. Oh, yeah. For sure. Regardless of, like, it it may start shutting down, but once you decide, it's going to do whatever you demand. Yeah. But, like, the hardest part is just making the choice to, like, not overthink things. Just content like, one foot in front of the other. Just Mm -hmm. keep going. So um, I hated Rucks, but I loved them at the same time. Yeah. They were pretty. It got to where it was like, I'm on a walk and I'm surrounded by really pretty scenery and
0: what was how heavy was your pack when you guys went
1: um it was about 60 pounds to that's 80 pounds that's a
0: heavy fucking pack
1: yeah and in your full gear I was very thankful I was in South Carolina during the middle of summer because they did have heat cats where we did have to take gear off because like people were passing oh, yeah. out left and right so wintertime they have to wear like plates and everything um and very thankful I didn't have to do that, Um, but we still had to do like supply carry. So I would have full gear and then have to carry like a hundred pound sandbag, and like a hundred. Yeah, pounds. and we would have to like switch it off and rotate out with people, or then you have to carry like a plate, uh, a board table or something, uh-huh. um, with just a rope handle. And I mean, talk about getting mad just because like you're uncomfortable, and you but you have to keep going. Yeah. So our last ruck was fifty six miles supply carry holy no sleep. shit they did let us sleep like a couple hours a night um but what sucked is we had to like dig our little fox holes. we'd get in it and then it was like morning and we had to pick up and go so we had to bury everything and like the most disgusting i've ever been but um i tell people it's like the best worst time of my life because i was disgusting and miserable but i laughed so hard during basic like you're just around people who are doing all sorts of people but doing and saying all sorts of just ridiculous things and y'all are miserable together. And so it's like, it's just like, you just go through the suck together.
0: Being miserable with other people definitely makes it so much easier to go through things for sure.
1: Yeah. It was fun. So that last ruck was exhausting, but I'm glad I did it. Like, I think that's kind of why I joined too. Like I was afraid of it. Yeah. And then it was like, Oh, that's actually not hard at all.
0: Over how many days was that 56 miles? Four days. Oh, okay. So
1: we did get to break it up. Um, We left at like 3 a.m., got back. Uh, God, I don't even know when we got back. I was so tired. It was in the afternoon, I know that. We had to carry weapons with us too the whole time.
0: So, what's the standard issue? M16?
1: We had M4s. Okay. uh, But yeah, I think now it's switched to M16s.
0: Interesting. Yeah. 56 miles over four days and 80 pounds during that one?
1: That one was 60, but we had to do 80 yet. There was like, they were trying to build up to something. You did 60
0: pounds and walked 56 miles? Mm -hmm. That is insane.
1: Yeah. Well, that's probably close to 50%. And my boots were two sizes too small. Oh, actually, so I was lucky and got my boots switched for the 56 miles, but all of Basic, they were two sizes too small. Cause they like herd you through like cattle Uh to get your gear. And the ladies are like, don't tell me how to size your boots. Like you're taking these and, and go. And I'm like, lady, I've worn boots my whole life. Like these boots are too small. Yeah. And so the whole time I had like bruises, um, just cause my toes were so cramped all the way up to my like heel. I had blisters all around my foot. And then, um, so I finally convinced my drill sergeant. I was like, I got to swap these boots out before this big like this final wreck and she's like okay thank God I would not have made it through because if you um, drop out because of an injury or sickness it's you're called a hold and I didn't know this but you get stuck in basic until you heal and then you get recycled and have to start over
0: mm. and I didn't know
1: you get stuck in basic so they say the quickest way out is to just suck it up and graduate Yeah. so I was not going to stay there any longer than I had to and I was, like, trying to hold the limp in my foot so they wouldn't see that I was limping because then they'll be like, oh, you got to go. Um,
0: There's a deer right there.
1: Oh, cool. Um, it's like, oh, you got to go to the uh, reception, and which is where they held everyone who was, like, injured or sick. or.
0: Ah, uh, you know, I see. It was like, ugh. Yeah, but lucky you didn't have to do that.
1: Luckily, yeah. Thank God.
0: Okay, so you never answered my first question.
1: What was the first question?
0: What are some things that you could tell me that I can learn about surviving
1: that was the um draw a line in the sand kind of thing. that's
0: it that's all you got for me no like what trees what trees can i eat uh, (laughs) how can i get water out of the ground
1: oh we didn't learn (laughs) tell me the good stuff techniques you gotta go to sears to do
0: that i thought you said that's all survival training
1: sears is survival training okay um ours is just how to be a soldier and like how to move as a unit and oh okay yeah I wish I want to know that stuff too. For, oh
0: hell yeah! You probably Take know like a... more about
1: that so, than I do. About like, uh, I lived off of MREs. They're and not too bad. They're really not. When um, when that's the only food you have, you're like, oh this yeah, is great. <laughs> especially
0: when you're backpacking like yeah. after like a five, six hour hike. Yeah. And then like um, people think like, oh, you eat mountain houses. They're like dehydrated. You know, you know what a mountain house yeah. is. And you just pour water into it. and It's like.
1: 100% That meal is
0: fucking amazing yes. After five hours of hiking
1: And so When Courtney and I did that first backpack trip I brought like little peanut butter jelly sandwiches And trail mix And I quickly learned That that was not Sufficient enough
0: Did you Texas not have state. any mountain houses on that trip?
1: No One guy who came with us Thank God he came with us too Because this was before the military When I learned Before I learned how to read a map And he knew how to read a map And then he brought MREs And that's when I was like Maybe he's on to something like Yeah that. But um I was, I couldn't eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for like a year after that trip. That's all
0: you ate the whole time? It made me
1: so sick too. And I was so weak from,
0: because
1: we planned on it being like a, a small hike up a mountain, like a couple miles, but the loop ended up being 25 miles. And then we still had to drive to the river to get our other camp spot. So you
0: did that 25 miles in how many days? In one day. Oh my God. No,
1: we woke up at 5am because I have this great idea. Like I love sunrises and I was like, (laughs) we got to get to the top. By the sunrise. <laughs> and so we were like just running up these switchbacks and we made it up high enough to see like a really cool spot of the sunrise and uh-huh. then we did the rest of the loop well the guide showed us this loop on the map which is like itty bitty and we're like no problem too easy not too easy that was the hardest where was that at that was big Ben. okay that was the um I'm gonna say it wrong something mountains I forgot the name of it. I want to say the Chisos Mountains. Mm, No clue. Something. Um, They're not too big, but it's big enough to be, like, a challenge. Yeah. Yeah, but um, it was so pretty. That was another tough, good trip. Like, you have a lot of memories.
0: Oh, for sure. I feel like all those trips... I've been on a bunch of camping trips with... um, You know, you remember Derek? Yeah. And my buddy Braxton? Yeah. And, like so many of our trips we've had something go wrong like when we were in the desert one time um, we were like an hour and a half or two hours from the closest town Mm -hmm. and uh, Derek's brake line snapped (gasps) so like didn't have brakes so we had to drive in an hour and a half two hours and then drive back and then fix the brake line while we're out there that was a pain in the ass Um, so you're
1: lucky that um, that's awesome you know how to fix things like that because I don't know what I would do I know how to change a tire and that's Mm -hmm. it but like I don't know what I would do on the road with. Yeah. Being in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, we're
0: lucky. We carry like we all carry tools and stuff. Yeah. But like that happened, and then another trip, Derek's tire popped, and then another tri- trip. Trip. Uh, so there's this part on the tire where like your tire is connected, and there's a above the tire is a thing called the upper control arm. So it's like upper control arm. Tire sits here, and then there's the lower control arm, and they okay. they both. From the engine, they both come out like this, and the tire's here. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Mm-hmm. And uh, his upper control arm bolt came out, so, like, his tire was, like, sideways because it, like, came off, and so we had to get his car towed. Oh, man. Mem- but but they're all good memories. You yes. know what I mean? Like, yeah. looking back, it's like, it sucked at the time, but it's like, it gives us a story to tell. Yeah.
1: You know what blows my mind is, um, my friend was saying, she's like, when I'm going on trips with you, I know we're going to survive. Like I know we're going to make it through something. And it just like growing up when we would go to rodeos or like you have to learn new towns, you have to like learn on the fly. And it never crossed my mind that you're not going to get out of a situation. Mm -hmm. Like that's just unacceptable to me. Like, so it becomes fun. Like we would go to rodeos and our generators would stop working. So now I'm responsible for making sure the horses have water and food. And now I got to like survive myself and we got to get back home. And like, um, or you got to find the arena in a new town and like I just like that excitement. I, I don't want to attract like
0: bad <laughs> things bad to happen, things,
1: but it makes her really fun stories and then you're like heck. Yeah, like I did that and Yeah, So I, don't, um, I like stuff like that. I think that's why I keep starting new Adventures or like yeah uh, businesses and stuff too because it's like kind of a challenge of like What
0: else can I do? That's how I felt. I know it sounds bad, but that's how I felt during like the snowmageddon. Oh yeah, (laughs) I was excited, kind of you know. And we got lucky; our power never went out, our water never went off. But I don't think I would have minded if it did. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because I mean (laughs) I got been waiting. Yeah, (laughs) you know, like we got sleeping bags. I was in the backyard. and Me and Nick were chopping up wood and driving into town to give it Mm -hmm. to one of our friends. And I was like, this is fun to me, you know. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not worried. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm a pretty resilient human being.
1: You're resourceful, yeah. Yeah. For and sure. so, and
0: so, I it's it's fun to like look for ways to survive. Yeah. Even though I'm not on the brink of death, but look for ways to be comfortable in an uncomfortable situation.
1: For sure. Yeah, I like stuff like that. And it um, what's sad is, it's nice when your real life doesn't have to keep revolving or like. So a lot of people are like still having to go to work and that's when it's tough because yeah. in that situation, real life needs to stop mm-hmm. and you got to like tune into what's important and like mm-hmm. figure that out. But that's when I like it because then it's like all this mess of just like random nine to five going to work things is not that important. And it's like exactly
0: surviving, surviving like, yeah, but prayers up to the people who
1: yeah, they died some, during that. That was yeah. nuts. Some people had it really tough. Like, it did get to a point where, like, oh, this is, like, people, it's cold. Yeah. Like, people die from this. Like, yeah. this is scary.
0: You know, um, near your neighborhood, Indian, I think it's called Indian Creek or Indian Reserve.
1: Indians, oh, yeah, the Indian Preserve.
0: Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. I guess, so JR lives in that neighborhood. hmm And I guess a guy was leaving his house for dialysis, <gasps> slipped on his porch, oh, and froze no. to death.
1: Oh, no. And his
0: wife found him frozen.
1: Can you imagine? I don't want to imagine, but that's, that's sad.
0: Freeze yeah. to death in central Texas, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then I forgot who else I was talking to, and they mentioned that there were, like, 900 crashes the first day. Oh, yeah. Of that snow in San Antonio.
1: It's something with the roads. Um, I don't know how they're built, but, like, it doesn't... They freeze up really, really quick, so a lot of people up north are like oh like we it gets colder it's like it's a wet cold and it freezes we get just the ice first mm-hmm. before the snow so i was driving to colorado and uh, i was having to go to the airport and it was snowing i was freaking out i was like there's gonna be ice on the road and my dad's like it's fine we're driving to the airport i'm like okay but i think texas is different like central texas it just like freezes first
0: and the infrastructure is just not built. Like right. they don't. There's no snow plows and none of that. Yeah. Whereas, like in Colorado, they're out there they're five prepared. five a.m. They're plowing the roads and. Yeah. I'm guessing there was no snow in the roads when you drove to the airport. No,
1: it was it was clean. <laughs> it's clean. We weren't even sliding. So it was. Um, his windshield wipers stopped working, so uh-huh. we were having to like pull over and like really? scrape them off, and then get back on the highway. I'm like, I'm gonna miss my flight.
0: <laughs> That's what happened when. How far does your dad live from the airport?
1: Uh, like an hour and a half. Where does he live again? Elizabeth.
0: Elizabeth, where's that in terms? Uh, in relation to Denver? About
1: 30 to 45 minutes from Colorado Springs. I want to say Denver is like two hours. Oh, you said it's south. South of Colorado Springs. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Southeast of Colorado Springs. Yeah. yeah. If you blink and you miss it, it's a tiny, tiny little town.
0: You like it out there? It's cool? I like it. It's deserty?
1: No. Um... Just, like, rolling hills, and it's really nice. It's really peaceful, but it's kind of... It's just a small town, so it's kind of, like... Too small. I need a little bit more. Like, I want to be able to drive the grocery store real quick, and, like... Yeah.
0: Maybe when you're 60, it'll be nice. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I don't need to be that far away from people. Mm -hmm. I got spoiled growing up in the city and then... And the country.
0: Yeah. So did you meet any super interesting people at basic or at training?
1: Oh, my gosh. Tell me about some So, um... I didn't realize how many people didn't grow up with like discipline. Like a lot of people join the military to get away from something or like, but just basic following rules, like, um, but past that. So there was just, it was a lot of weird, like people have different hobbies and, um, I just, personalities and there's this one guy his name's pan this was more of like in ait which was our job specific. this was after basic
0: what does ait stand for um can you say
1: yeah i can uh, what is it it's like army initial training for your job or something okay um i want to say i have to look it up i am terrible with acronyms i think just that's look it up my kryptonite with
0: that's uh, the thing about... Oh, look at that. The newest, latest, and greatest. I got the
1: iPhone, yes. Which
0: one? The 12 Max or whatever? 12 Pro?
1: Um, sure. Advanced Individual Training. That's okay. what it is. Um, The most recent one.
0: Okay. Before that, what are your thoughts?
1: Uh, I miss my Samsung. Really? Yeah, just because I do a lot of office work on my phone. And so, like... I guess I could get an app for the PDF, but just being able to like have access to like office products, I can just like edit PDFs real quick or like sheets. And
0: have you looked in the app store? Or not I need much? to, I need to oh, do that. Okay.
1: Um, but there are a lot of things I like about it too. Like I do like the camera. I do like everything's like catered to it to just sync up real quick. Yeah. I do like that. Um, it's a catch 22. I, I do miss my Samsung though. So,
0: but if you had the option, like, if right now, if there was a brand new Samsung?
1: Yeah, I'd go. I probably go back to it. Really? Yeah.
0: Even knowing that you have But I do the like the v-
1: groups where you can, like, like something and I don't have to, like, yeah. actually reply. Yeah. Because I don't want to talk to people all the time. I don't want to be like, hey, that's cool. I just want to, like, like it. But, yeah.
0: And um, people talk shit on you if you have the green bubble. Yeah.
1: Like <laughs> you. It's funny. I didn't realize how many people paid attention because then when I would text them, they're like, you got an iPhone. I'm like... Yeah. Is that big of a
0: deal? That's probably one of I, that's probably one of Apple's biggest draws. Yeah. I think you know. You got the blue text. Yeah, the yeah. blue text. It's crazy. Smart of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, I do like the camera. For it though, I wish Samsung had that. Cam- well, Samsung does have a really good camera, but it doesn't send right. Like, mm. uh, the pixelation's yeah. completely. It doesn't read over transition over
0: and if I ever saw like your Instagram stories and stuff it was blurry it was really? shit yeah no it was one told terrible. me that that's it was terrible
1: my job is to send like that's probably why like my pictures on Instagram for <laughs> selling paintings and do that well.
0: like, I, I would I would look at your store I'm like I'm not watching this ah! I <laughs>
1: Are they better now?
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh,
1: my God. I'm not watching this. Um, My friend was just like, I can actually see your Snapchat. I'm like, okay, guys, this would have been a good thing to tell me ahead of time that y'all can't see my shit.
0: Yeah. So, okay, so anyways, tell me. So, about at AIT.
1: Oh, at AIT, this guy named Pan. Most interesting character I've ever seen. Um, Short little guy. Everything in black. Like dressed in black he had one of those like fisher caps in black like the big baggy pants with the chains like that was just his style and one day i just remember walking by the game room and um he ordered a old russian gas mask had his full black gear on put the gas mask on and was just like staring at the window as i walked by and i just i was like what am i looking at right now like um But that was just pan. Like, he was sweet, didn't mean anything harm, but he did some weird stuff. And he would, like, refuse to sleep on his bed. He would put a sleeping bag on the floor and just sleep on the floor. He just, like, refused. Did you ever
0: ask him for the reason?
1: No, I didn't. I was... He didn't really talk much, and I was like, you know what? You do you. Interesting. I'm just not going to... And he wasn't in my class. He was a class... So I didn't really interact with him a lot, but Mm -hmm. in the evening when we were all together, that's when you kind of, like, saw him and... um, Good dude, just really, really passionate about certain subjects, and was like, "Well, so the drill sergeant was like, Pan, maybe you shouldn't have the Russian gas mask in the military. Like, you shouldn't get those things shipped here.'"
0: Uh huh.
1: <laughs> he was like, "Oh yeah, that's a good, good call, drill sergeant." Like, Where's he from? I, I don't know. I can.
0: What nationality was he?
1: Um. He looked Canadian. And I don't mean I don't say that Canadians have like a certain look, but like they do in a way. Um, only because I he looks like some of my friends from Canada. I was like, oh, you're uh, okay. I don't know how to explain it. Like he it, wasn't white or American, but he wasn't Chinese or Filipino. Like I don't know what he was. Uh-huh. I, I forgot. He came from a really weird background. I know that. Um, there's a lot of other. There's a lot of people who tried to like do the suicide thing not not that they would try to do suicide i think that there was more of like they were trying to find a way out of basic
0: Oh. and so
1: then we had to like watch them overnight and then um people's hygiene like people are nasty yeah disgusting uh what was another one yeah that was i mean that was pretty much it people are just gross
0: some na- Tell me some nasty shit that you I saw don't.
1: <laughs> So like It's kind of like the locker rooms In high school or whatever With the sports Like y'all have to shower real quick together So girls would like sit in the mirror And hack their legs up And just like That was their shower Check their like, vaginas out Just like wash right there in the sink and That's I'm, like it? In you the ha- sink? You have a freaking shower Go like, uh-huh. I don't want to walk by And like glance at the mirror And I'm not your <laughs> gynecologist over here Like I just don't want to see it and um, so it was just. I was like, and some of them never bathed. They, really, they smelled so bad. Really, yeah. And it was just like, and then we had to tell them like, look, we're we're doing some nasty shit. Like you stink, you need to go. It'd probably benefit all of us. Yeah, if you went and took a bath.
0: That's so interesting. It's like all these humans, right? And for us, we grew up. I'm assuming you grew up similar to the way i did in terms of like having access to whatever resources Mm -hmm. being able to shower every night makes me wonder if these people have the same access or if they're just lazy and just right generally not hygienic yeah you know
1: that's what made me realize like a lot of people are escaping something and they didn't have the the background that like and i'm not saying that everyone has the background but I thought basic hygiene. Yeah. Like you know to take a bath. You know to put deodorant on. you Brushing your teeth was like that's not something that like
0: is a privilege. You just do it. You just do it.
1: Yeah. So yeah it was definitely an eye opener. I was like this is common sense. Yeah. So.
0: There was a time when I was like maybe 14 or 15 where I didn't. I would go like a few days without showering. Uh huh. Just because I was lazy. Yeah. But then as you get older, you're like, like okay, you know, just stink. fucking shower. Yeah. You know? Like, <laughs> like I grew out of it. It's not yeah. like, but maybe some people just stay in that mindset with like, I'll go four days without shower. I'm like, yeah. that is gro-. To me, I'm like, if I'm camping, it's different, you know? Yeah.
1: Because
0: I'm like, okay, I'm out here. This is a different environment.
1: Right. That's but if different. I have a
0: shower, then I'm going to shower.
1: Yeah. That's different. And like, I'm not to where you have to like be a neat freak about it. Yeah. But um, you don't have to wash your hair, but just like rinse off. Like, yeah, something. rinse off. Um, yeah.
0: So so what are some other things that are interesting about basic training that maybe you weren't expecting?
1: Um,
0: Obviously, tough one. the long hikes.
1: Yeah. I think I was scared going into, into it thinking I wasn't going to be able to physically keep up. And then um so one of the so I'd like trained really hard for it or I wouldn't say hard but like I made sure to run 2 miles a day. I made sure to like really get good at push-ups and cuz that's something I know that's my weakness and I had to work on. So then when I went there and um like some people never oh i gotta tell you this story this is like bringing back memories (laughs) okay um so i went there and people like didn't understand that they had to do push-ups like they were shocked that they had to work out for the military i'm like do you know what you signed up for like this is not this is one of the basic things that you you knew coming in like Mm -hmm. you didn't even have to research it um and so it actually physically wasn't as demanding as I thought it was going to be. It was super easy. So I had to realize that, like, going into it, it, it whatever you're going through is going to end. And then don't take anything personally. Those are my two big things I would say to, to anyone with, like, going through a hard thing is, like, don't take it personally. It's going to end.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, just do it. Like, don't think about it. Mm-hmm. And so the best thing that I did to prepare for it was yoga. Honestly, yoga and stretching helped me get... Too basic and through basic like i never had any injuries i was hardly ever sore because i would like stretch out at night um and a lot of people just didn't know how to do that and just like uh the stabilizer muscles that yoga works Mm -hmm. really helped me have to do like certain exercises that i don't think a lot of people prepare for like the guys really struggled with certain like the plank holds and any ab exercises the guys really struggled but i had done a lot of yoga so i was just like this is easy yeah Push-ups were different, um, but I wasn't bad at them. I maxed them out for my PT score and all that. Uh, So this this is the weird person that it just dawned on me. Um, So we show up to basic. We get shipped out. We fly in. They put us on a bus. You don't really see where you're going because it's at night, and you have, like, all your bags. So I knew everything that I brought in with me, I was going to have to eventually put over my head and carry or okay. like something. So I kept my bags like really light.
0: <clears throat> why is that? Why? why that's you? like
1: the shark week. They, it's just like a, um, you jump in and it's like a stress test.
0: Okay. And, and so
1: they make you like hold your bags above your head. They make you get down to ups and push up so get back up. And it's just a stress test.
0: The backpacks that you're using, did you take your own? Mm-hmm. Well, I
1: brought like my own luggage and then I had a year's worth of training after basic because, um, and I wasn't going to be able to go home. So I packed a luggage thing, but they put that in a locker and that I could access that after I was done with basic. Gotcha. Um, so I just had like my essentials, but what I would say to someone joining is don't bring anything. Oh, this is another funny story too. (laughs)
0: Okay. Tell me the first one. Okay. The first
1: one is, um, so we showed up, this girl's in a dress and we get off the bus. And a dress
0: like she's fucking going she's, to...
1: Yeah. Like just uh, No, she's more of... um, Not an Amish. I don't know what religion it was, but it was something of a sort.
0: Okay, I need to tell she's you... She's not
1: prepared for it whatsoever. I need to tell you a
0: story after you tell me about a guy I just met, and I want to do a podcast with him. Okay. About being in a religion. But really? The, yeah.
1: Um, so we got three stories Yes. here. Okay. Perfect. Um, I'm going to forget my next story whenever... <laughs> <laughs> okay, tell me, tell me okay, the, okay, okay. tell
0: me the. You're gonna tell me this story, but tell me the. Some idea the, about the other um, story, so you don't forget. I forgot. Shut up. <laughs> I'll roll up.
1: into it. What were we talking about? It was the.
0: Carrying the luggage, um, packing, telling somebody that don't pack oh, anything. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: okay. Money. Just tell me money. Okay. Okay. <coughs> so this girl, we're in a. She's in a dress. We get. They're like, you got 30 seconds to get off the bus. Like da da da. And so everyone's running off the bus because they've never learned how to get off a bus before. And um, we get out, and they're yelling. You know this is going to happen. They're yelling at you. You're having to do push-ups. You're having to hold your plank. Right when you push-up. get out of the bus. Right, like step off the bus. And um, it's late at night. And then uh, we go into this room so we can do paperwork. And that's the first thing. Well, they're yelling at everyone because that's her job. And um, this girl sits next to me. And she's not m- listening to the drill sergeant. She's just sitting there and not touching her pencil, not wanting to fill out anything. And I'm like, mm, this is going to be good. And um, so the drill sergeant comes by and starts yelling at her. And then they like, how they all swarm her and start yelling. Mm. So she stands up and she goes, don't you ever dare yell at me like I'm a man. And I was like, "Ooh, she's she joined the it. wrong thing. Yep. So I guess her parents signed her help sign her up and not like didn't tell her really what she was getting into she took off running went AWOL. wall yeah up. like she was missing for most of the night they had to like shut down parts of the base to go find her they found her
0: no way yeah did they chase after immediately or just let
1: immediately. her immediately but then some of them are like is she really running like uh-huh and then um she came back and they made sure she like changed out of the dress so she can she was about to be put to work because she was they for sure she was like not going to basic but now that's the thing is with reception if she now became a hold so the paperwork to get you out of the military takes longer than to actually just graduate through it
0: Uh so she was there
1: when i graduated she was still having to do chores and working and like but she escaped a couple times while we were there trying to like uh just get in processed and that was the worst part is the beginning just getting all the paperwork and you're up for the first 24 hours, no sleep. And people are just yelling at you <coughs> getting organized. So, um, she just kept like disappearing just cause I don't know why they didn't have someone watching her, but yeah, she was interesting. I don't think she was pre- prepared at all. You didn't talk
0: to her much? No, at all?
1: no. Cause she like sat down, disobeyed, ran off and that was it. I didn't, like,
0: that's crazy. Yeah. It was weird. I wonder if she knew that she was going to the military.
1: I don't know. I was like, I don't know how you, like, what do you do you not know? up yeah. for? How like, would what? you not know? That's what I don't get. Like, it's an extensive process to go through MEPS and to, like, get into the military. And you, like, you say no if you sign a lot of paperwork. It's yeah.
0: like,
1: it's not, I don't know. I don't know how she.
0: I hope they, I mean, maybe this is mean. I wish it will. <laughs> I mean, this is mean to say, but I hope they beat her down good to show her, like,
1: yeah like, this isn't like a fucking is,
0: cupcake patty no cakewalk, is, yeah. you know this is the real deal it
1: was like an authority issue that she had it's like I, you're gonna learn one way or the other and it's your choice like, yeah um the other on to the next thing so now we're going through reception and you're like getting herded like cattle and they're doing shots i had 11 shots on each arm just like
0: immunization oh, yeah such. just
1: something and so we're just getting like process and then we had all set in a row and they go through our stuff so then the bags that we would bring in they were like what you don't need in basic you're throwing away and so and they want to make sure no one has contraband like contraband blades anything dangerous like you walk up in front of people throw it in a bin in front of people so they see that you're throwing it away so we would have our bags they would call up like if you have this blah 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 so but they don't
0: go through your bags, they make you go through it? Or? They
1: make you go through it. Yeah. So Dump everything out right there. Oh, and then okay. you gotta walk around. And drill sergeants will walk around and inspect everything okay. too. But and then they're expecting and they're like, Great, okay, you're good, so put your stuff all back. Um so then I had my um <laughs> I brought a book that was like uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective Oh uh-huh. Seven yeah, seven habits of highly effective uh-huh. people or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my bookmark was a million dollar bill. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> so um they eventually got to the point where they're like if you have contraband like fake money and blah 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 you got to come to the front and it never dawned on me that my bookmark was going to be contraband but then i got called up and they're like this one has contraband like walks are up. you serious and he was like why do you have this and i was like it's a bookmark and he's like all right <laughs> <And then laughs> I
0: the back. like what do you think you're gonna fucking spend I it know, i was
1: like yeah what do you think i'm spending it on and like shaving cream or like i don't know um
0: not that you can spend it in, yeah, in the first I, place
1: it's fake like obviously like yeah. just let me have my like, million dollar bill <laughs> oh, gosh. but i just thought of like of all things i'm gonna get trouble for freaking contraband with fake money
0: did you get in trouble for anything else
1: uh no one time i was at ait and i didn't know so i brought my mustang up my mom drove my mustang up because um, eventually you can earn up to a phase where you have certain privileges. And I finally got to where I was like, I can leave base. And so my mom drove my Mustang up. And um, I, was getting, I was thinking about selling it. So one of the guys in my class was like, oh, I want to buy your Mustang. Like, let me drive it and see. Well, I didn't know that he wasn't in the phase that you could drive.
0: Oh. And so
1: I gave him the keys and we all just like went to town. Well, apparently a drill sergeant saw me. Give him the keys and let him drive off base. I didn't know that, but um, we were in formation, and the drill sergeant walked by and like whispered in my ear. And that's all he had to do. Like I'm not one that you have to tell twice. And he like whispered in my ear was like, "If I ever catch you allowing other soldiers to drive, like you'll be off this place so quick." And I was like, yes drill sergeant." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "That's it." But no, I tried really hard to just like fly under the radar. Yeah. If you do what they say, this they, they don't. Focus on you. you. Yeah, yeah, they're going to mess with the people who are. But I thought drill sergeants were so freaking funny. Like, we had one that he was just a nice guy to the core and could not yell at a fly. Like, just so nice. I don't know how he got into drill sergeant school. And he um, tried so hard to be like so mean. And it was to the point where like everyone was cracking up just because it's uh-huh. like, you just stop, man. This is not your. Yeah, you
0: know. this isn't you.
1: And then so he would try to smoke us and he'd be like, everyone get down in the prone row. And he would do it with us, but he would get tired. Uh-huh. And so, um, he would like tell us to lift up and hold that position and we would hold it and then he would look away and everyone would drop. And he was like trying to hold it himself and he's shaking, he's like, All right, release and everyone <laughs> <laughs> released and we were just dying laughing and I just could not keep a straight face with him. But that I mean that's what was so funny about all of basic yeah. I think is like stupid stuff like that.
0: Do they care if you're laughing? Like, do they get upset?
1: Basic... They don't want you to laugh. Towards the end, everyone's like...
0: They ease up a little bit?
1: Yeah. They've... We've all, like, had really good relationships, like, friendships, and um, they ease up a little bit. Our group could not figure out how to listen, so there's red phase, blue phase, and white phase, or white phase and blue phase. One of those. And that means, like, each phase is a new privilege. We stayed in red phase. Because
0: you guys did not...
1: Our group could, like, not get it together. Um... And then, but towards the end, like, we're just all laughing. and.
0: How many people like, in the group?
1: Um, it was, like, 120 in our platoon. Yours sure. alone? Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: It's a lot of people to keep in line.
1: And there was two platoons. It was a small, it was, like, the off-season of when people join, I guess. Oh, okay. Um, it was pretty small, but, yeah.
0: Did you, guys, did you have any problem ch- child children in your platoon specifically where, like, Everybody is pissed off at that one Oh, person.
1: yeah. This one guy, um, he ended up f- taking his flag off and stomping on it.
0: The American flag the on The his- American
1: flag. Stomped on the flag, and everyone was like, excuse you, do you know where you are? And he was just trying to, like, joke around, and they're like, this is not. But he was, the whole time, it was a real cocky guy, like, mm. had an attitude, did not take authority real well, and so he was, like, just trying to, like, smart off and, like, prove that he still like was in charge of something uh-huh. he didn't realize like what that meant to some people yeah and you're you're freaking in the military yeah like, don't. you're
0: defending the country but you're yeah. stomping on the flag
1: yeah like um so the drill sergeants sat him down and we they all talked about their deployment and like the people they've lost and then uh one of my good friends her husband's in the military as well and she was like this is what this means to us. like this is what you did and he was like crying after he's like I'm so sorry turned completely around like was just a team player after that and like
0: I mean sucks that he did it but at least he was able to at
1: least he did it there
0: and he was able to let his ego down and yeah and say fuck I was wrong Uh, I'm assuming that's what he did
1: yeah so hopefully he kept doing really good Um, and then there was just a bunch of complainers. I mean, nothing really extreme. I don't even. What's sad is I don't even. I don't what
0: what you guys are hearing From in the background is thunder. So we're sitting outside, and um, yeah, there's some rolling thunder. It might yeah. start raining. We might have to move.
1: Gonna get electrocuted.
0: But we'll set out here as long as possible. But I'm oh, sorry, nice. I cut you off. Go ahead. Um. What you didn't realize. <laughs> Fuck. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay.
1: <laughs> Man, my short-term memory is just going.
0: So, he was crying. Um,
1: oh, I was just... Like, there wasn't a lot of people who... It was just, like, little complaining things. Like, little disciplinary. There wasn't really anyone who, like, was just crazy. Yeah. Um, that's about it. I have met some of my best friends there, too, for oh, sure. Oh, you keep in touch with yeah, some of them? Yeah, and I even went to, like, Disney World... With one of them, and what was oh, cool what? is I uh, thought I was gonna go in and be like the only normal girl, like I'm not lesbian, I'm not dyke, like <laughs> I, not that that's normal, but like I am still a girl, like I'm st- I still like to dress nice, I still yeah. like to be very feminine if I can. Um, but then I met other girls, and they're like like challenges too, and they were tougher than like I thought I was tough, and they're tougher than me, and um, so. It wasn't all, like, what the stereotype of, like, a, a female so you soldier. went So, you
0: went into it thinking that it's going to be that?
1: Yeah. I thought I was, like, I'm going to be the only girl. Um, and then, like, I'm going to be around, like, a lot of really tough girls. Or, like, yeah. daiki girls. Or, like, manly, manly girls, uh-huh. I guess. And they weren't at all. They were definitely just, like,
0: just everyday as feminine. girls.
1: Yeah, just as feminine. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's cool. So That's cool. So... I started doing a volleyball league. Oh, my knee. I started doing... I started playing on a Monday oh, volleyball yeah. league um, with some people from CrossFit.
1: Where? It's like uh, sand volleyball?
0: No. Oh, indoor. Oh, okay. The first day, my, my knees were killing me because I was... I weighed in... So, I weighed in at 220. And that's, like, the most I've weighed in, like, five years. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, at 220 when I was playing volleyball, jumping, and, oh, I was killer. But um, I played... This past Monday, and one of the guys I met, his name is Josh, and I didn't really talk to him the first game, because he was kind of quiet, and Mm -hmm. it might have been because he didn't know us, but I didn't know anybody either. But then the second time, I started talking to him, and he's um, a black guy Mm -hmm. from Pennsylvania, and when I start talking to people, I like to talk about, like... Deeper shit. I don't yeah, just like talk just about surface. Like skip
1: the small talk. Yeah, I want to know
0: who you are. I yeah. want to know where you're from. How you grew up. So I started talking to him, and he tells me he was adopted at the age of six. Um, he used to live in Philadelphia, then he was adopted uh, by a white white family in Pennsylvania into a cult called the. Mennonites oh yeah you've uh-huh. heard of that uh-huh. Mennonites oh Mendo how is it Mennonites Mennonites yeah yeah and he was like one of the only black kids him and his twin brother mm-hmm. his whole family's in that and he's like from a small town and he's like later on in their lives um. him and his brother got accused of something mm-hmm. and I asked him I was like do you think it's because you're the only black person in the town he's like yeah that's probably why and i'm like thinking like wow that is fucking insane yeah you know he's out of the out of the religion now but like after that he realized like it's a cult i'm in this like the rules are yeah Yeah. the rules are so stupid like yeah when he's 15 16 like as a teenager couldn't go to watch a movie because it's like outside influence and i'm like that is nuts you know and to be He called himself, like, I'm the the white... My friends tell me I'm the whitest black dude you'll ever meet. Like, he's a cowboy, rides horses, wears boots, cowboy hats, listens to country music. Uh And it just, it showed me that I need to be better at not... um,
1: Like, placing judgment?
0: Placing judgment, but maybe not as much judgment, more of, like... Realizing that there are so many different people who are being raised in different cultures, regardless of who you are and and, and, like your background, you know? Yeah. And it's pretty fascinating. It's fascinating to know that, like, he escaped, excuse me, escaped a cult. Burping. Escaped a cult, the only black guy in his town, or him and his brother. Mm -hmm. And then he left and he said, like, I'm happy I left, and, and I'm happy he lives here in San Antonio now.
1: That's crazy. And he, was just like, I yeah, he has um,
0: interesting stories. I I want to do a podcast. I would love to just to hear his stories and like, even Russ. I did a podcast with Russ. Do you know Russ? No, uh, I, don't so. I don't think so. Do you know Lonnie from the gym? Mm-mm. Okay, I did a podcast with her, but um, she's a psych. I think she's in psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were Mormon. Oh yeah. And in the podcast that I did with Russ, he was telling me like, it's fucking a cult. Oh, yeah. And he's, like, telling me that when he was in Japan serving his mission, when they do those missions, they pay for for them themselves. Wow. They pay for the whole mission, and their job during the mission is to basically try to recruit new members.
1: It's a business. Yes. It's a business.
0: Exactly. So he's paying for his travel to try to bring income to the business.
1: That doesn't pay him. Exactly. Yeah. That enslaves him. Exactly. And he was
0: telling me, he was like, I was thinking of ways to get out of it i was contemplating like breaking my own leg yeah to try to go home oh my gosh yeah and he said he knocked on over like 10,000 doors he would say in his yeah. time in japan wow and he said he maybe got two or three people into the church
1: do you think that gives i feel like that also gives religion or not necessarily religion but god a bad name oh for sure like a a bad rep for sure cuz then you're like this is your experience with it. And yeah. It's like, and you hate it. It's so much more than that. It's yeah. not, there's just like, I feel like religion makes things really small and like limits you for sure. Kind of thing. And, but it's definitely interesting to see like different beliefs people have. I want to know, like, how did you get there? How did yes. you get to this point?
0: Of yeah. He, he said himself like, so when he left, um, Mormonism talking mm-hmm. about Russ now,
1: mm-hmm.
0: again, I, I want to do a podcast with Josh so bad. I just want to know all of his experiences. Mm -hmm. But anyways, um, with Russ, he said when he left the Mormon religion, his family like was not about it. And so even his wife was still in when he was out. So he had to strategically hint at certain things and say like, have you ever thought about this? Have you ever done research on this? Mm -hmm. Rather than saying like, this is all bullshit. Yeah. To have them discover it on their own, which he was able to do. Mm -hmm. So, like, I guess his parents are now
1: out. Oh, that's smart.
0: Yeah, out of the religion, his wife, his kids. Um, Like, he was telling me, like, his parents, the first time they had coffee was when they were, like, 60 years old. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, coffee's not allowed in Mormonism. Wow. Yeah. It's, like, frowned upon. That's crazy. Yeah, it's super crazy.
1: So I, when I was working for Sport Clips... Uh, they sent me to New Jersey to open up a store, and I guess like the marketing rep did not do enough research for that area. So um, it was a heavily a heavily populated area for Hasidic community, which is Ami- it's almost Amish, but it's almost and Jewish. That's okay. what it is. And but they're the ones who have the long curls down the side, yes. and then the women's the women's the women wear wigs. Uh, the men wear
0: the little top hats. Top to, hats,
1: right? long beards, curls on the side, uh-huh. and so women are like uh, children. The caretakers they don't really go out in town. Some of them kind of do, but it was very rare for one to be like driving. Yeah, and I'm in my Mini Cooper, like <laughs> <laughs> zoom around corners, coming onto with wheels, with like, blonde hair, blonde no hair, problem, like yeah. <laughs> shorts and hey guys, hi, I'm from Texas, like um, and then. Selling haircuts of all things, so it's against their religion. One for a female that they're not married to to touch them to lay hand and to take a blade to their hair, so they cannot get their hair cut with a blade, it's like a certain or a razor, they can get a certain blade. That so is then,
0: so weird to me, but sorry, go ahead. It
1: is like, where, why, like, does why does this, it matter yeah. what you're
0: using to cut your hair? Yeah. Why does that matter? It's so
1: weird. I guess their hair is sacred, which I get the Indians talked about that too, but like it still was weird that's a whole other subject but so I my job is to help the grand opening of this store and I have to talk to a hundred businesses within a five-mile radius and find all the sales opportunities events to get involved with um, just spread the word and give out free haircut coupons hmm so I'm driving around and I can't get I have to get about 10,000 haircut coupons to these stores and I- Well
0: fuck, you should have saved a couple hundred for me. God dang. Uh,
1: Why, well, I did open the one in Bull Verde. You
0: still got more of this? No. Ah! For
1: like five years. <laughs> um, but I know the ladies, I can go in there. They're all still working there. Um, anyway, so I would like train the staff, go out. I'm going door to door to these businesses and they're slamming the door in my face. I'm like, what is going on? And they're like looking at me and they're like talking today. I go to shake their hand, they won't touch me. And I'm like, okay. Something's weird. Like they're not riding around a cart and buggy, but they still have the whole get up. So I understood, but I could not, they owned everyday businesses. It wasn't like, this is the Hasidic community and this is their grocery store. No, they own the regular H-E-B, you know, like, so I was having to talk to them and I went into one business and this girl was next to the guy and I handed him the free haircut coupons and he wouldn't take it. And she's like, somebody tell this girl. And I was like, well, can you tell me Like, yeah. i'm right here you can talk to me like what is going on she's like then she told me the rules i was like thank you like this is the store's not gonna do well here yeah. but i was like why didn't the marketing rep if they specialized in placing the store location like you should know your area of, so like,
0: did they open that store up there
1: they did um i didn't track to see how well it did mm-hmm. at, o- over the years i don't think it would have done that well but the owner of it owned other successful business like other locations so I'm sure he just condensed one into the other and then but um, that was kind of like a culture shock to me for sure because I mean that Mini Cooper was so much fun it was like right by the beach and but then it was like the weirdest community and I just like got so many looks and
0: what's sad is like um, like of course there are so many good aspects of religion Mm -hmm. but something like that where you're at It's like they forget to be human, right? Because you're not part of their religion, right? Which sucks. That goes
1: against what religion should stand for. Exactly,
0: which is loving each other and such. And if you're not part of it, they're not about you.
1: Yeah, I'm always curious, like how do people get to certain points? Like this past election and everything, I was like, "Hmm, how how do we get to certain ways of thinking? Yeah, I don't
0: know. The older I get, the more I realize that people are very very. Malleable Is that the word? Yes.
1: Like and they're
0: super, in, super easily influenced. Yes. That's why we have very few leaders and a lot of followers. Mm-hmm. But it's sad that the followers can't see through the characteristics of the leaders. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they just hear what they want to hear. And if it goes with what they like, then they like the leader. But it's yeah. like, or their be, world's so small. Yes. Too, you know, that yes.
1: they don't know anything else. Of yes. It.
0: And they think that where they live is how it is everywhere else. Yeah. And it's like, you need to have a, a bigger view on things to realize that here we're fucking privileged, you yeah. know? And it's not like it everywhere else. Yeah,
1: no, not at all. Um, yeah, man, I was going to say something.
0: No? Can't think of it? Can't think of it. <laughs> was it about the... Uh,
1: just about the... Well, we're on to the next thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So what are you up to now? What's your new venture?
1: Um, Tell me about it. I am doing the performance coaching. Yes. So I stopped the painting, and now I'm going to do performance coaching for barrel racers. So I coached a lot and helped uh, train horses when I was younger. That was, like, my first job. And I love to coach. That's, like, my passion. Um, But I want to focus on, like, people who want to be elite barrel racers and, like, how do we be better competitors and, like, from what i see from barrel racing they don't a lot of them have never played sports and they don't approach it with an athletic mindset like um they kind of overlook themselves as athletes and they don't take care of themselves mentally physically spiritually like so they're just as much part of the team as the horse and yeah. if you understand yourself and how your mind and body works you're only going to help your horse so that's my goal is I like how can i make you a better athlete for your horse kind
0: of thing uh, so. um a uh they call him a mental coach yeah even athletes have those. Yeah, mental coach. That's why I
1: say like performance coach because it's not necessarily fitness. Um, I'm not certified to be a personal trainer, so I don't want to kind of like market that. Yeah. But it's just the prep and recovery of like, you still have to stretch, and then there's but a lot of it is the mind. It's the mental coaching for me. Yeah, like, for sure. Um, just like how the mind and body is connected, kind of thing. So that's where I specialize. So
0: how did you get into horses?
1: Um, my mom says it's because. I had wallpaper, horse, like horse wallpaper in my around my nursery.
0: Did you get that put? Did they put that in or that was already? My mom there?
1: did, yeah. She had horses growing up, but it was, uh, they were just like pasture ornaments. She rode them around, but it wasn't like she didn't compete or anything uh-huh. on them. Um, and then when I was little, like my dream was to be an Olympic athlete, like jumper, hunter jumper.
0: For so, horses? For, with horses, yeah.
1: Okay. And so um, I started taking lessons when I was six doing hunter jumping. I did that for about seven years, but I started training my own horses and like reading I could name every breed um like I read all the books and videos of like how to train a horse and wow because my mom told me she was like I'll get you a horse when you learn how to train a horse um but you're gonna start with a pony first so if you can train this pony you'll get a horse so then she got me like a little pasture pony and that's when it like Took off, took off. Like I trained the pony to jump, sold the pony, and then got another horse. Sold the horse, got a race horse. Sold the horse. Like, wow. It just kind of built from there, and.
0: And you were your own guide through this.
1: Yeah, I worked with a bunch of di- like I would watch videos and go to clinics and work, and then like, go practice it at home, and then yeah. go back and like, just learned as much as I could from what I needed, and.
0: Wow. So when did you eat your first horse? How old were you, or your uh, pony?
1: Twelve. I was okay. 12, yeah
0: and how long did it take you to train it
1: um pretty quick i had her jumping i think i only had her until about i was 14 so i had her jumping within that year like she w- it was funny cuz she was real little and she would jump jumps that were higher like taller than she was so she was just like a cool little pony and, um and then we bought a p- old police horse that was just like turned out to pasture uh-huh. so that one was already trained but then i just like rode it around and like fiddled with it more and then I worked for a barrel racer, just like working in her barn, and she was pregnant. So she's like, "Do you want to jump on my horses for me and race them while I'm pregnant?" And I was like, "Sure." And I was already getting in trouble in the arenas because I was going too fast for like jumping. It's supposed to be like real collected and like. Mm. Um, and so when I got on a barrel racing horse and it was able to run fast, I was like, "I'm hooked." So then I was like, "I'm gonna get a race horse because it's the cheapest one I can find and it's fast. Like obviously it's gonna it's gonna work." So then I was 14, 14 or 15, 14 when I got the racehorse, trained her to barrel race, and then I started getting into, like, high school rodeo, and then we're like, okay, we need to take this seriously. And we went and bought a... I went to go find a finished horse, which means they are done with the training. You just get on and compete with them. Like, they mm-hmm. know their job. Um, so then I went to this lady named Kendra Dixon, her place, to go try these horses. I tried all of them, and I didn't like any of them. Not that they were bad. I just didn't click with them. But the one that was, like, being a nuisance and, like, was untying all the other horses, he was still three. He was, like, super, super young, just got started on the barrels, um, only about, like, 90 days in. I was like, let me just ride that one. And she's like, all right, this is my good one that I'm keeping for later, but, like, we'll just see. And And after I rode, I was like, this is the one. So, thankfully, my mom got that one for me. And um, and the lady gave him up? Yeah. And
0: Even though so, she said she wanted to keep it? Yeah,
1: that's her business, though. So, she's like, I'll just get another one. Oh, and, okay. Like, um, she already had a good rodeo horse. And then um, he's the one who, like, definitely took my career to, like, a whole new wow. level. Wow. He, um, as a four-year-old, like, set arena records. like
0: Holy he shit. He
1: really did. He was awesome.
0: So you have a whole nother life to you that I had no clue about. Oh, yeah. Setting arena records?
1: Yeah, that was like, uh, and then I was 16, won my first Open Pro Series. And then that's when I started taking lessons out, or not taking lessons, but giving lessons out of Tejas and, like, taking in outside horses to train. And, like, that was my profession. But um, that's when I think I met you when I got out of all that. I think I was, like, 24. I had probably just gotten out of it. So you never really saw me like. No. That was, I lived and breathed that. I like was a gypsy for sure because I was never home. I was always at a rodeo. and.
0: Whoa. Yeah. So <coughs> how old were you when you, your, when you won your first competition?
1: I couldn't even tell you. I was young, like.
0: Probably like 15.
1: 15. Yeah.
0: And are you competing against kids your age or adults?
1: Oh, pros. Like so open pro, it means anything from beginner to. World champions. They can interrupt. It's just an open rodeo, and it's winner takes all. Like, um, and then the big races have like about 1600, 400 to sixteen hundred entries.
0: Holy and, shit! And
1: um, the fastest time wins. So yeah, you're competing with kids. You can sign up for different incentives, like youth incentives. And um, I won the San Antonio Rodeo Youth Incentive.
0: Wow! And then
1: um, so that's my goals. I want to get my pro card to where I I would consider open pro and i did the texas pro circuit so i kind of it that semi pro because i didn't do like the full blown pro circuit which is nationwide that's my goal is i want to get back to like where I and run in the san antonio rodeo run in the american like
0: so you're going to coach and you want to get back into it
1: i want to rodeo um i don't need to do it as hardcore as like a lot of the pros do i would like to do it because if i'm i'm a big believer is like i'm not going to tell you what to do if i can't do it myself like if yeah. i don't know how to so, um, just to help people understand that, like, I know what I'm doing. Like, yeah. and it's a passion of mine. Like I like to rodeo, but I won't do it as hardcore as I did it before. Like, it's a tough life. I, I don't want to live on the road. That's mm-hmm. my thing is.
0: So <clears throat> what is, what are like, um, I've seen some pictures and very short, maybe clips of people barrel racing, mm-hmm. but does the race consist of? How does it work?
1: So there's a timer and um i think that's why i like it too because it's honest like you're either faster you're not yeah like it's not judged by a board Uh um and there's three barrels in the arena okay and you do a cloverleaf pattern around each barrel and the point is to get through the pattern as fast as possible so in and out
0: is it always the same pattern same
1: pattern it's based off of the distance is based off of the distance of the wall so so the arena sizes can be different Um, But the barrel patterns are set off of the wall, Mm -hmm. so you can have a small pattern and narrow pattern like so That's where it gets tricky because some horses run better in like an outdoor pen That's really big and some run better in San Antonio where it's like a basketball sized court and like Mm. So you have to have horses who like One can handle a crowd and two can handle the change in dirt and scenery It's a lot for a horse to like not be able to see the arena and then go and be like you need to perform your best That's hard.
0: Interesting.
1: Um And then to one day run a big pattern and the next day run a small pattern that's like they have to be really really sharp
0: Uh and that's
1: why i like rodeo horses versus just barrel racing because barrel races are usually the same size pattern like really quiet events good ground not always but um the horses know what to expect Mm -hmm. rodeo horses have to be like they're like the special forces of the military like you have to be sharp
0: Uh. and you have to
1: be tough and you have to be like quick on your feet because um nothing's the same like when you're running
0: so what is the difference between a rodeo
1: and a barrel race yeah like so rodeo has different events so you're gonna have like all types of roping bucking like will you uh, have rough stock and
0: will you have barrel racing in there too yes so uh oh, okay. rail
1: racing is the second to last event and then it's they buck the bulls at the end. Brail racing is strictly just rail racing. It's just an event. Oh, where just show up and they there's more money added in uh-huh. that. Um but the odds of you like they do split it up into different categories where you can have more chances of winning money. Uh and a rodeo is one pool and it's like the fastest times went the top three or top ten okay. depending on the size of the rodeo. Yeah. So, barrel races will have, they'll pay out more spots. Mm-hmm. So you have more chances of winning money there, but.
0: What was the most you've ever won?
1: Um, i say like 1,500. It wasn't that, oh, okay. it wasn't that much. In uh-huh. like one rodeo. Yeah. 35,000 was like my accumulated. Uh-huh. So it really wasn't a lot. My goal, I think what I did different than people is like, I wanted to go immediately to pro. So I like entered a lot and lost a lot, but then when I won, I went big. So then it like, a lot of kids would enter youth rodeos and just like rake up the money and the buckles and like all this and my goal was like, I skipped college rodeo and got my pro card. Like I didn't, uh. I just jumped straight to what I wanted to do. So <clears throat> it was a lot tougher, but I, I learned really quick, like what it took to be successful amongst those girls versus my age group. Uh-huh. Um, so that's, it kind of helped me, but it also hurt my stats.
0: (laughs) If you were to go back, would you do it the same way?
1: Yeah. I, um, I think I would slow down and make sure like,
0: do you want to walk to under the garage? Yeah. Yeah, It's starting a little bit, but we'll go to the the, uh, carport, but you can tell me while we're walking.
1: Um, I think I'll go easier on myself. You know before uh-huh. i was like really really hard and having to like make sure to win and now it's like there's a little bit more of a process and yeah it's a learning curve and,
0: and i'm assuming now you're going to be more so enjoying it yeah, all I will, yes rather than just uh hounding yourself for not winning or
1: yeah that's one thing i messed up is i took it too seriously uh-huh. not that you shouldn't but i didn't um enjoy it it became a job and like kind of why i got out.
0: do you think taking it too seriously hurt your chances of winning because maybe you're oh, putting yeah. stress on yourself uh-huh. and
1: and i didn't give my horse a chance to like i didn't give him grace to learn i was like uh, expecting it already yeah. yeah
0: so so alejandro's horse mm-hmm. have you met his horse i don't think so his is a rodeo horse though right
1: um yeah his is a roping horse Is what I'm assuming because he ropes on them. So you can take. I mean, usually with team roping horses, you can do. You can sign up to whatever you want. It's the same thing as barrel racing.
0: Do you think if you took his horse out, could you race with his horse?
1: No, they have a little bit of. It depends on his handle, um, but they're usually more straight and stiff versus like want to bend and go around a circle. You Uh know, like you do have to train them to set their body correct around it.
0: How do you, how can you tell, like, um, let's say you're going to check out a new horse Mm -hmm. and you ride the horse, what are some things that you look for that you can tell, like, this is going to be a good horse?
1: Just the agility, like, one, their confirmation of how they move Mm
0: -hmm. and how
1: they're built. Um, I compared how a horse is built to, like, race cars, and, like, so this is my turbo boost, this is my nitro boost, this is where his power comes from, and if he doesn't have a strong hind end, like, the power is really going to be hard for them in a sprint sport, you know? And then, um, so I definitely look at that straight, like, good legs. And then I look for them to be curious because a good rodeo horse cannot be a scared horse. Like, they have to be one that's, like, super curious about life and, like, confident. And that's something you can also help as they grow. Like, you can help instill. Mm -hmm. But if horses are just, like, not wanting to learn, like, I'm not going to make them do a job they don't want to do, you know? Mm -hmm. That's, That's the thing, too, is people make... They don't, like... Listen to what the horse wants to do, kind of. Uh-huh. Thing, you know,
0: so you want it to be a mutual relationship yeah. rather than you're a workhorse.
1: Yeah, for sure. Because it's work on me if I I have to make you do work. True. Like, yeah. That's a struggle every day. You know. Uh huh. So,
0: do you train horses the same way you would train like a dog? Like, do yeah. you use treats and everything?
1: Nope. So um horses respond by a release of pressure. So wherever I don't want them to go, I'm gonna make it really uncomfortable, and that's either gonna be like, Oh, I see. I'm gonna move your feet somehow, so you know that I'm in charge of your feet. Like I'm the one who I'm the dominant one in this situation. Uh And so they are more of like a prey animal. So they learn from the release of pressure, and when I like when they do what I want, then I release whatever command or like whatever I was making them do, and then they get like, oh, this command means that. And so then you like over praise them, and then they pick it up, and then they were like. I want to learn. I want to kind of, like, pick up on cues and, like, I want... Where does she want me to go next? Yeah. Dogs are the same way, but you have to be more of... Um, your boundaries. Like, you you play way more of an alpha role because they are predator animals, too. uh uh-huh. like, um... Like what i'm not going to let a dog or like a puppy do what i don't want the dog to do when it's grown up like yeah i keep those rules the same but teaching them the same is like i'm going to give a command and then i'm going to make i'm going to like make that command not worse but like i'm going to emphasize that command even more and more until you choose to do it the first time yes kind of thing so it's like they have a choice and if they're going to be defiant it's it's not going to be comfortable for them the next time i ask and again again and then yeah. so they learn like the first time so then it becomes just an easy communication of like they understand to speak my language or like we speak the same language kind of thing it's uh-huh. like more clear
0: have you ever been bit by a horse?
1: Mm, no, not really. Like
0: What about bucked off of one? Oh
1: yeah, i've been rolled on top of, kicked really? in the face. Um i had a <laughs> It was my senior year, and so I rodeoed. I don't know how long you want to go, but
0: as long as this conversation goes.
1: Oh, okay. Um, I rodeoed all of high school. I got up early and like was gone, so I didn't really have that much of like a social. Like I never really got to go to parties. So you
0: you rodeoed before classes.
1: I would get out of class at twelve and leave. Okay. And um. And so, and I would go train, and then on the weekends I was gone. Is would,
0: there a rodeo team at the high school?
1: Um, there's a high school team, but it's on it's a, it's a club, okay. so it's not like in within the school.
0: But it's from kids from the school. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. And they have permission from the school to run they, it, so you yeah. leave early.
1: Yeah. And so um, I did that, and then my senior year, I finally like. Got to go to, like, a party, and I wanted to go to Halloween and, like, actually dress up for Halloween. So my horse was in swim therapy where they just, like, get exercise in a swimming pool, and it just helps with joints. And, like, it's – they get treated like Olympic athletes. Like, Mm -hmm. it's another – so he had all this energy built up, and I had brought him back and just turned him out into a pasture. And he just playing, like, spun around real quick and, like, jumped up all fours and kicked his leg out as I was turning away from him and it kicked my jaw and like just knocked me out and out cold not out cold but like it stunned me yeah. enough. and i blocked a little bit of it with my hand so i tore all the tissues in my hand it looked like a claw and i had a scratch across my face and my jaw was swollen
0: holy and my shit. mom
1: was like now i know you have a hard head because you <laughs> didn't like get your you didn't crack your head open um so i was in the emergency room and i was like they were taking forever to get x-rays and i was like look I got a party to attend ah! I am leaving this So I wrapped my hand and left And they eventually were like Okay, okay, we'll get the um, x-rays done And they did it real quick And I left and they're like, you're fine It's just tissue and I was like, I know I'm going to a party So I showed up in like My flapper girl outfit And then I had my hand wrapped And I had a scratch across my face And people were walking up And they're like Dead zombie Like dead <laughs> like, cool I was like,
0: no This is real <laughs> <laughs> This is real <laughs>
1: and yeah (coughs) that's my like but yeah i've been rolled on top of kicked or like horses step on your feet it's not bad
0: not killed yet
1: no not dead yet actually i haven't had like serious injuries from horses i've had serious injuries from like being stupid and like doing backflips off of random things and like
0: do you think you could break a horse now
1: yeah, I don't want to. My, my body, <laughs> I don't want to say, I know it can, it's fine, but like, it's just, ex- that's exhausting work, so.
0: What's the process?
1: Um, the same thing as far as moving their feet, and then once they trust you, it's all about handling fear. So you teach them how to think. So their first initial reaction is fight or flight. So they're either going to fight you, or they're going to run away so this time is like when you're your whole point is teaching them when i'm scared i'm going to think first and then i'm going to act so then they learn to not be afraid of things and my style is they um they don't really buck by the time i put a saddle like we put saddles on them and my uncle really kind of showed me how to do that but because they've learned to think through the process and trust me enough that like they're not in danger yeah um and then they'll it's just like you do the same thing with the next thing and then you add another tool on the same thing and then they learn like wherever there's pressure you move away from it and so then you get them to kind of really do whatever you want and they're kind of like curious about it like Mm -hmm. oh this is fine this is no big deal and it becomes fun for them versus like uh just breaking them kind of thing
0: Alejandro and Johnny were telling me about breaking horses, and, like, they would just straight jump on the back.
1: wild, yeah. Yeah, just
0: straight jump on the back and hold on for dear life until the horse settles down a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's wild. But, I mean, it's worked for centuries, but it's, like, also, like, what kind of relationship are you going to have after that, too? So you're,
0: like, there's other ways to do it. There's other
1: ways to do it, yeah. You can have, like, a fear-based relationship where they're afraid afraid of you, so they're going to move. Or you can have them curious enough and want to listen and like want to do something. And I need that if I'm going to put them in scary situations like rodeos, we're walking in tunnels, we're going under Ferris wheels. Like I can't have a horse that's afraid. yeah, and afraid. And so that's my approach of like,
0: uh, shoot. I was about to say something. I don't remember, but I'll bring up another topic. When it comes to horses, oh okay. Um so when it comes to horses, you've heard about like um horses dying during like the derbies and those races that they do. Uh-huh. What kind of, what is that racing called?
1: Uh like a horse a derby. Bra- like horse race. Well, there's derbies where they jump over
0: Like things, the ones where like they they talk about like winning the Triple Crown. Oh,
1: that's like horse racing. Okay. Yeah.
0: You don't do any of that.
1: No, I have um so I worked for a guy who was like breeding quarter horses. And race horses. So there's thoroughbreds and there's quarter horse race horses.
0: What is it? What is the difference?
1: Thoroughbreds is long distance. Quarter horses fastest horse within a quarter of a mile. So they're sprint horses. Okay. Um, just a shorter race. But then, um, so he had all these like horses he was training to race, blah blah blah. And he was like, I need someone to breeze them, which means like just practice running them around the track and getting them used to that. I'm too heavy for a jockey. Um, so
0: jockeys are lighter than you. Lighter, like Men. I'm
1: one thirty, and they're like ninety eight. Men. Men, yeah. They're small guys. Small, yeah, because the weight difference. Yeah. Is gonna make a difference an extra, in their run. An extra yeah. thirty
0: pounds on a horse, yeah, something.
1: But I have a whole new respect for those guys because, like, okay, so normal horses, when you apply to pressure, you give, so you don't, you like. Whenever they have a bit in their mouth, they hold it, and whenever you, like, what make is, a movement... What is that? A bit is, like, the metal piece that goes in their mouth. Okay. Most horses will hold it, and whenever you apply pressure, they move to the pressure. Okay. So then the pressure is released, and they learn uh-huh. that those are their cues. Um, race horses hold the bit and balance it. So they put their weight forward and balance on the bit because the guy's holding against it. So if you were to release the horse tumbles forward. Wow. Yeah. So it throws them off balance and it just like, um, I didn't realize that. So now you're in a crouched position and the smaller into a crouched position you get, the faster the horse goes. Um, So imagine being in a wall sit for like. 30 minutes. You're like, your legs start shaking. So now, in order to stop the horse, you have to stand up and pull harder. So like, your legs are shaking, your arms are shaking, but now you gotta stop the horse and like, pull harder. Uh-huh. So that gave me a whole new respect of, like, Chalkies <coughs> are strong. That's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy.
0: What are those, what are those, so like, the type of horse that you have, uh, I, you told me it's like a barrel racing horse.
1: It's a quarter horse. A quarter? Quarter horse. Mm-hmm. Quarter
0: horse? Quarter Quarter.
1: Yeah, like
0: a okay cent, yeah. A quarter horse. Yeah. And what are those ones considered?
1: Um, so there's thoroughbreds. Yeah,
0: thoroughbreds and the other one.
1: Quarter horses, same thing.
0: Oh, there's two different types.
1: Well, no, there's like a, a quarter horse can, they use them for racing too. They use them for all different. Okay. Like they're just really athletic horses.
0: So what is a horse that you would use? What does it run money-wise?
1: Money-wise? Um,
0: like 15, 20 grand?
1: No, the babies are going for 15 20 grand so starting of what I would like need to compete on starting about like 30 to 50k and then goes up from there
0: what about the horses that are in those derbies are you oh, talking about hundreds of hundreds
1: of thousands yeah
0: really yeah
1: the market right now is insane too it's not always like that it's like housing market like it changes
0: yeah
1: um, but yeah it's it's insane right now like babies are going for 15k and they haven't even done anything yet so it's like I don't know if I'd ever pay a hundred thousand for a horse that can die on the way home, you know. Mm. Like, but I also know like I can instill training into them. Yeah. Some people just want to jump on and go, which I get that.
0: Yeah. So. So do you? Do you think those horses? Do they they drug test them and all that? Oh, stuff? Oh yeah,
1: yeah. You have they drug test them. Um, it's just like any other sport. Yeah. Like, they can't have any performance enhancers or like. Um, they're even talking about like. Um, it's, i want to say it's adequate or there's a drug that's kind of like advil to us it'd be advil to them like just for any type of pain we can't even do that like so mm. it, that's what they're fighting it's like why not like we use it like yeah. what's um what's just going to help them feel better you know like but um it's have a you, big ordeal with that
0: have you seen that you've seen the movie avatar right yeah where they jump on the
1: Dragons, Yeah. And, yeah. And
0: fly them around. Uh-huh. And we think that that's crazy.
1: It's not crazy. That's what we do. <laughs> exactly, yeah. right?
0: It's just, it looks different, but yeah. that's basically what we do. Yeah. Have you heard of the book Empire of the Summer Moon?
1: I've heard of it. I've never read it.
0: Okay, it's about like the Comanche Indians here in Texas, uh-huh. and they used to roam the land. Well, when the Rangers were established, you know what the Rangers uh-huh. were? The Texas Rangers? Yeah. Basically, it's just a group of guys that was hired to kill Indians, yeah, and the Indians were so good on horses that they were able to lean over the side of the horse. You've heard of this?
1: Uh-huh.
0: Hook their heel on the back, use the horse's body as a shield while the horse is running full gallop.
1: That's crazy. Then
0: shift their body weight so that they're looking, they're holding onto the horse. People, you guys can't see what I'm doing here, but they're hooking <laughs> their great. heel on the back <laughs> of the horse. Leaning over the side so that they're basically the horse is running and and I'm leaning on the side, protected. Yeah, and they're shooting arrows full gallop underneath the horse's neck. So, like, that is nuts.
1: What's going on right now is the um, it's called the daddy of them all, the Cheyenne Frontier Days, and they have races where that tradition is still used but for a sport.
0: Whoa, so um,
1: but they will jump on a horse running at them like jump while run, it's running while it's running swap horses and race and then switch horses mid-race like it's in bareback like while they are running they switch
0: horses yes
1: it's insane whoa uh, but it's really cool to watch it's like that's a whole new skill I can't do that yeah there's no way
0: it's fascinating how humans There are so many different things that humans do that yeah
1: like, when you put your mind to something like and you're creative done. too like there's some things now that I wouldn't even think of. You know what I noticed, too, is I think the older you get... I read a research paper somewhere that your brain shifts into transitions and as far as, like, you start off really, really curious about life and, like, uh, really fearless and, like, almost encouraging yourself to go try things and, like, explore and, like, it's okay to hurt, get hurt. Uh And then you switch into, like, a sheltering mode and it's around 25 when that clicks off to where you're, like, now I'm okay with sitting back and now I'm, I like... Survival is your like in low, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's like I think about that sometimes now because I'm not so it's like gung ho about just getting injured all uh-huh. the time <laughs> or like jumping off cliffs or like. But I think it's also because you know what's gonna be at the bottom of that yeah. cliff when you
0: jump. What's interesting, I thought about that too. Like I went to a, so I went to Arizona for a bachelor party, uh-huh. and then after my brother and I. Uh, met up with our friend Shelby, and she took us to some places to, like, cliff jump and stuff. And there are some cliffs where I'm like, I'll do it. Yeah. But I'm not as excited to do it as I was yeah, 10 years ago, you know? Let's do it. Let's- yeah, my brother's still crazy, and I love it, you know? I yeah. love it. Because he brings it out of me, like, yeah. let's go fucking jump that cliff. Yeah. Why not?
1: Yeah, why not? And I was like, you know what? I have some things to do when I get back home, <laughs> and I... <laughs> Don't necessarily need a broken leg. (laughs) But
0: I want part of that to stay in me, you know? Because it's, like, getting the adrenaline flowing is, like, I just, I love the feeling.
1: Stay curious.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: I think, so, um, I just got back from Virginia Beach, and I didn't realize, like, there's 30 people here at this family reunion. I just, like, crashed my friend's family reunion. Oh, okay,
0: so it wasn't even yours.
1: It wasn't even mine. No, they just, like, she needed me to help with the baby, and so she's like, do you want to come to this vacation? I was like, yeah, yeah. So, um... We're going to the grocery store, and we have, like, carts full of stuff. And I didn't realize no one was behind me. I was just, like, pushing these two carts back out to the van. And I get on the carts, and I'm, like, surfing them on each (laughs) leg. And the guy behind me shows up. He goes, man, I've had kids, and it's changed me. And he goes, that just completely inspired me. I was like, you can't lose the kid in you. Like, you have to play. And so it was like, I don't know. you You can't lose that.
0: You know what I've been doing recently a lot is next to semis. Oh. Doing the hand motion to get them. And honestly, I haven't done that in 10 years at least. Yeah. And it still gets me so excited, you know? (laughs) That's funny. I'm like, I definitely don't want to lose that. That's
1: fine. No, don't lose that.
0: So how was that? How was Virginia? Virginia Beach?
1: I love Virginia Beach. Are
0: they friends in the military? No, they just...
1: just, um, So she's been a childhood friend of mine forever, and she had a baby, and her husband wasn't able to make it out. So I just helped her. He's like one... Oh, okay. So, um, but their family's from West Virginia, and they just, like, Oh, are they do, from here? She's from here. Her, the rest of her family is from West so Virginia. So you just
0: joined her yeah. to the family reunion? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was just like, hey, guys, I'm just the friend, like. Nice. i going to crash your party and go hang out on the beach while y'all do your thing. Do like, you
0: didn't even do the family reunion with them?
1: No, yeah. I mean, I was there. We were just in the house, and, like. Oh, okay. It's just, they don't do anything special. They just, like.
0: Yeah, all get together.
1: Yeah, all get together. How long were you there for? Uh, a Saturday to Wednesday, so a little less that's than a, a week. Yeah, that's a
0: good amount good of time. time yeah, you explored.
1: Um, no, the house was so cool that, and we had like, we we're right on the beach, right on the water, and the pool was right like maybe a hundred yards from the water, and mm-hmm. we just like we're in the pool, the sand, or eating, and it's just like. Uh, yeah. So we did go to the aquarium. That was pretty cool. Um, I wanted to go to the boardwalk, but we didn't make it out that far. I like. I just. I don't know. I have. Every time I go to Virginia Beach, it's been, like, a cool experience. Oh, you've so been out like there before? Yeah. So, that's uh, just a good... No one thinks that Virginia Beach is, like, a cool beach place, but mm-hmm. it's not crowded. It's real clean.
0: I have a buddy who just moved out from there. He was living there, mm-hmm. and just he was in the Navy,
1: so oh, he was yeah. stationed out there. Yeah.
0: Big military town, right?
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Or not big,
0: but it's military town. Yeah.
1: That's actually the first time I went out to Virginia Beach is uh, because I was dating a guy who was stationed there, and um, so he kind of, like, showed me around and... Right on. That's good stuff.
0: Could you see yourself living there?
1: Yeah, there was a time when I was like, I'll move here one hundred percent. Um, but it does snow a lot, and oh, really? There's parts of it that's actually really swampy, like a lot of like marshlands. It
0: snows at the beach.
1: Yeah, it snows there. Whoa. The water's cold. It's not water that you're just like, let's go swim. Yeah, no, it's actually pretty cold. Um, but it snows are pretty good.
0: So what now? No more, no more painting for you.
1: No more painting. Um, I'll pay for fun, but right now my focus is on the performance coaching and uh, just, I want to build it. So I get out of the military in three years and I want to like build a house then. So I got to like save up and do all that fun stuff.
0: How many years will it be? Six years. And is that how many you signed up for in the beginning Mm -hmm. or you re-upped?
1: No, I I had a six by two contract. What does that mean? So six years, um, full-time reserve, and then the two years... Okay. I don't have to show up to drill, but I can get pulled if we were under like state of emergency or yeah. something like that. So with COVID, I mean, that actually who knows like that rarely happens a state of emergency, but
0: there was a state of emergency call.
1: Well, just like, yeah, we got called in for um, like people are getting called in from all over
0: for, what? for National
1: Guard, for Reserve. It's just activated. Oh, okay.
0: yeah. So, so just be ready.
1: Just to be ready. Yeah. Uh, interesting. So it was interesting.
0: So I'm assuming you have. knowing the people at Tejas. So is it... How is this new venture looking for you? Are you, like, already ready that you feel like you already have a good client base?
1: Yes and no. I do still have to build up traffic because a lot of it's, like, through a blog. So I have to get people to go to that blog. But I have enough networking that um, when I launch in September, I hope that it's going to be out there. And um, I plan to just keep building content and uploading it and getting it ready and, like interacting on instagram interacting um any type of social media platform like tiktok and pinterest and uh-huh. um as far as horse training goes i already have a couple slots that people requested nice so i'm just gonna start small and because i'm it's been like six years since i've been in like got into the business yeah or been in the business so it's like i gotta like
0: you don't want to take on too much yeah too quickly. i
1: gotta ease into it so i'm excited though
0: Are you reading any books on psychology and all that?
1: Yes. Oh, my gosh. So there's this book called Psych by Dr. Judd. Um, His last – it's a really long, weird last name. Um, He was a weightlifter, an Olympic weightlifter, but he was known for – he didn't look like a lifter, and he didn't look strong, but he, like – was one of the best weightlifters or whatever, but he was known for like being able to just turn it on whenever he wanted to. So he wrote a book about um, like mind game and mental control, and um, it's really really fascinating. Like he did a lot of research with it. So called psych. He actually helped big wave surfers, um, oh. just because that's like a
0: yeah, they're the biggest balls to do. That oh my stuff.
1: gosh, there's a I'll have to send you this documentary about um, Laird Hamilton, I've heard who of invented the like. The foil um, and big wave surfing—he's like the pioneer for that. Uh-huh. The documentary is fascinating. Like, okay, and, please send it to me. Yeah, and the, you know how they pull him into the waves? Yeah, like, with,
0: he, with a jet ski. Yeah,
1: he started that because that's the only way he could get into the waves. Ah. And,
0: like, so he was one of the first people to big wave surf. Yeah,
1: he, it's Whoa. very, very fascinating. Like how. I mean, what they go through for that and the training. And
0: yeah, you're going to have to send me the name of that. Yeah. For sure. So where can people find you? If anybody listens to this that's into horse racing or maybe has kids who want to get into it, how can they find you?
1: Um, so you can find me on Facebook with, at A-Game Performance okay. or Instagram, which is A-Game Performance, um, or my blog, which is Perf com. And you can email me there and if you have questions or anything. and um, Yeah.
0: Right on. So thanks right, for chatting well, with me. We did an hour 30. Oh, my goodness. And uh, it flowed well. Yeah. And I hope we do again another in the future, maybe when uh, you got your, your business rolling. set up. Yeah, you got it rolling. You can tell me. And when do you start planning to start racing again?
1: It depends on the horse. So she's two. So hopefully by next summer I can start racing again.
0: You're training her now?
1: Mm-hmm. She's starting from bottom up like nice so hopefully she's ready by then. you're gonna day. upload
0: content with yeah. that horse mm-hmm. right on
1: so you'll see cool see a bunch of videos all right well
0: if anybody needs to reach out or needs to uh get their kids ready to horse race you guys mm-hmm. know where to go danny thank you thank you and hopefully we can do this again Yeah. yeah. appreciate it <laughs>